the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. At 1 a.m. No wrong and right. Shades of gray. Black as the night. We all sing along. But the notes are wrong. Get it. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Bring in the one, the only chief market analyst for briefing.com. How are you today? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thanks. Yourself? Good. A little tired, a little hungover from uh, Thanksgiving. So it's Mr. Patrick O'Hare. I dropped your name for a second. But anyway, (laughs) you have a good holiday? I did, thank you. Yeah, it was nice to uh, take a little break, and now just getting back into the swing of things, uh, and then looking ahead to the next holiday. And you don't need to do anything at this point in time, because the Santa Claus rallies come, and we know it, history says it, so you can just sit behind your desk and pretend to be typing. <laughs> well, I wish you would speak to, uh, to my employer, because uh, I'd like to do just that, but... You never know with this market. Uh, it's had some crazy episodes, and um, and of course, what could be unique this time of year or this time around, as it relates to the Santa Claus rally, is that we will actually have to be contending with uh, a possible interest rate uh, increase from the Federal Reserve. Um, haven't seen that obviously in in a long time, uh, and we'll just have to see if uh, you know it, it's been well advertised that it's likely to happen. Um, but, um, you know, I think we have to get a sense of how comfortable the market really is going to be now with this, having hit this inflection point, um, you know, whether it can deal with that and continue to accept this idea that the Fed will be gradual in its approach to raising rates in 2016, uh, or if, you know, if things start to pick up, uh, like everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people are, are hoping and expecting they will, perhaps the Fed won't have the uh, luxury of, of moving so gradually as uh, as they like to believe right now. With that said, don't you think the whole Fed rate thing, I, aren't, won't you be thrilled when it, they do finally raise interest rates? Because it feels like you're not Paul Revere, but you and I play Paul Revere and say interest rate hikes are coming, interest rate hikes are coming, and it'll be nice to get it over with at some point. Yeah, I, you know, there's, there's, there's some of that feeling. I, I, I get it. Um, Okay. The thing I continue to struggle with, though, is is recognizing that um, with interest rates having been as low as they've been for as long as they've been, um, you know that we haven't really, you know, hit that level of escape velocity. Uh, we're still not really seeing the uh, really convincing evidence on the inflation side of the mandate, anyway, uh, that the Fed, you know, can pull this trigger without any repercussions. Um, you know, if you just take a step back and you look at, um, you know. The main narrative about how the drop in, you know, uh, uh, oil prices, for instance, was going to be a great boon for consumer spending. Um, 
haven't really seen that, you know. Um, this idea that higher interest rates will promote greater levels of savings. Okay, well, that's, that's good, but you get greater levels of savings, you get less spending, and then you get less economic growth. Um, and, you know, and just one other little tidbit, I mean, you look at uh, the housing market, right, um, has certainly picked up with rates uh, being quite low. Um, but we see, you know, through these mortgage applications index, and, you know, kind of over the years, anytime you've gotten a, a quote-unquote spike in market rates, you tend to have seen a slowdown, if, if not an outright decline, well, certainly an outright decline in, in some of these mortgage applications. And it leaves you wondering whether uh, market rates creep up there with, with uh, you know, policy rates, if the housing market can continue to, to hold up the way it has been. So I think there's some things to still be um, alert to um, and not just to be so complacent about this idea that, yeah, all right, we're finally getting it over with, you know, hip, hip, hooray. Um, you know, I'm not in the camp necessarily that that's willing to accept that, um, you know, we're off to the races here now that the, the Fed is raising interest rates. Okay. With that said, um China is going to be a big story in 2016 because it's been a story of slowdown in 2015 uh, or financial engineering, people not trusting what they're seeing, people doubting what they're – what do you think the story for 2016 will be for China? I think you know one of the, the main narratives there will, will try to be to, uh, to redirect, right? Um, and what I mean by that is I think you start hearing more and more – uh, attention given to the services side of the Chinese economy versus the manufacturing side of the Chinese economy. Okay. Um, you know, policymakers there are busy trying to effect a transition where they are, you know, less dependent on export growth and, and manufacturing output, uh, and and having their economy driven more by consumer spending uh, and the like, and and the services industries. So I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, if if you see, say, a stabilization in the manufacturing sector and then a, a real strong emphasis put on the uh, growth that continues to be seen on the services side as, as an encouraging sign. A lot of the stuff that I'm reading says that Europe was two to four years behind the United States as far as recognizing kind of a deflationary period, kind of uh, less economic activity, some numbers on GDP that were not uh, growthy. Uh, so they've started stimulating. Stimulating the United States six years ago, seven years ago, really, really helped the stock market. Should we correlate the two? Should we say what was good for the U.S. should be good for the next couple of years for Europe? Um, you know, I, I, under the uh, market logic that has existed for the last, you know, uh, six years or so, uh, yeah, it makes some sense. Um, but, it, okay. you know, at the end of the day, though, you're also seeing – better earnings growth out of Europe, too. Um, and that's probably the more important consideration, but would not be surprised at all to see the European markets hold up better, uh, relatively speaking, than the U.S. market, only because you still have a central bank that's going to be extremely accommodative there, and because you're getting stronger levels of, of earnings growth. Um, I might point out, just kind of on a related note, I think the European Central Bank was also ahead of the Fed in raising or trying to raise interest rates, uh, and we saw that that didn't turn out so great. Uh, so they had to backtrack on that. Um, so hopefully the Fed uh, doesn't find itself in a similar position, but uh, you just don't know. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Patrick here, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. Tell us a little bit about what you do day by day and, and what your columns contain for us. Sure. 
Well, uh, I'm kind of a big picture guy, right? So I look at things from a macro perspective, which then uh, leads me to uh, essentially dive in and look at uh, a lot of the economic data, uh, the trends that we're seeing there, and and try to uh, impart what that means for our, our readers and subscribers who have both a trading orientation and a longer-term investment orientation. Um, so that's why, uh, you know, I tend to uh, look I look and talk more about, you know, the fundamentals of the market, that being earnings growth and interest rates and inflation, uh, and try to um, essentially – you know, distill for people what what all that means as it relates to how they're going to be thinking about um, making moves within their portfolio, whether they have a short-term orientation or a long-term orientation. And your columns that you put together, you do my favorite one, uh, page one, every morning I start with it. But you also do some um, kind of bigger picture, like you said, Mm -hmm. longer-term focus themes, which I really enjoy those. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, the the big picture column um, is something I, I really enjoy doing because um, it just kind of gives you a, a chance to step outside of the uh, instant analysis that we're having to do, being a live market analysis company, um, and kind of just to to sit there and really think a little bit more about some of these big picture drivers um, uh, as they relate to the capital markets. Um, so those pieces I write tend to be a little bit longer. The page one perspective is a shorter brief in the morning that comes out before the market opens, just kind of giving an overview of those factors that are, gonna, are expected to drive the market that day and, and also relay some of the information that's driven some of the market trends um, of late. But, uh, but the big picture, yeah, is one of my favorites as well. Anything else that you're working on right now, Mr. O'Hare, that you think we should be focusing in on? Well, uh, you know, one of the things I'm going to be uh, working on as it relates to that big picture either this week or the, or the following week is a um, what I call some an unconventional wisdom and just basically doing a, uh, a challenging thought piece, if you will, about Fed policy next year. The consensus view is that they are going to be gradual and they won't have some expedited tightening, but I'm going to present some ideas that, you know, might challenge that thought process and, you know, getting people to think, well, what if uh, things unfold in a way that the Fed has to raise uh, at a faster pace than a lot of people are thinking right now. It's not my baseline case. I'm just going to present it as some food for thought uh, that people should not be uh, so willing to uh, to overlook, really, at this point, as they seem to be. Not putting it on the record, but 2016, uh, any expectations, or do, do you kind of let it unfold and what happens, happens? Yeah, well, you know, I, I look being looking at things from a fundamental standpoint. I do look at you know what what are underlying earnings going to be right now. The consensus estimate looks for about seven to eight percent growth, but that keeps nudging lower. Actually, um, I think that will probably continue to come down, especially if interest rates do go up. Um, so I'm not really expecting a whole lot really at this point, um, but that uh, view is going to be subject to change based on the unfolding fundamental picture and specifically what goes on with, uh, with earnings growth in 2016. Thank you very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. I always enjoy his segments, his insights, the efforts that he puts into this uh, to come across as so well-spoken and so insightful and telling you everything that he can throw out there for you I think is terribly useful. And I appreciate him and Briefing.com being available for the audience. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. If you have questions, drop me an email, rob at roblackshow.com. It's rob at roblackshow.com. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 